Innalhamdalillah, nahmiduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'uhiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa siyyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa man yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu amma ba'd so last week we did the duas of entering uh, sorry exiting from the home and today then it is the dua of entering the home laqad warada fi sunnati adhkarun azima muta'alliqah bima yanbaghi lil muslimi an yaqulahu 'inda dukhul al manzil wa fi al jumlati yustahabbu lil muslimi an yaqula 'inda dukhul al manzil bismillah وأن يكثر من ذكر الله وأن يسلم سواء كان في البيت أحد أم لا. So there are tremendous du'as mentioned uh, that are connected to entering the home and they are very appropriate and suitable for a Muslim to remember and say every time he enters the home. And generally speaking, Generally speaking, it is recommended to say Bismillah every time you enter the home and to increase in your remembrance of Allah as you enter the home and to give the salam upon entering whether there is anybody at home or not. Rawal Imam Muslim fi sahihihi عن جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنه أنه سمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول It is mentioned by Imam Muslim in his Sahih Muslim from Jabir ibn Abdullah رضي الله عنه that he heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say إذا دخل الرجل بيته فذكر الله عند دخوله وعند طعامه قال الشيطان لا مبيت لكم ولا عشاء وإذا دخل فلم يذكر الله عند دخوله قال الشيطان أدركتم المبيت وإذا لم يذكر الله عند طعامه قال الشيطان أدركتم المبيت والعشاء It mentions that the Prophet ﷺ said that when a man enters his home and remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, begins by saying Bismillah, remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon entering the home, and also when he then sits to eat, remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Bismillah. If he remembers Allah on both of those occasions, in the name of Allah, Bismillah, when he enters the home and then when he sits to eat, then the shaitan says, there is nowhere for you to sleep tonight and neither do you have any supper tonight. Meaning talking about the shayateen. The shayateen then have no place to stay if the man enters upon the name of Allah to his home. The shayateen cannot enter and stay there. 
And when he sits to eat and begins with Bismillah, the shayateen cannot come and eat with him then. So if a man does that, the shaitan says, nowhere for you to stay tonight then, and no supper for you tonight. But, the messenger said, if a man enters his home and does not remember Allah upon entering, then the shaitan says, you found somewhere to stay the night. And when he sits to eat, does not say Bismillah upon that, the shaitan says, you found somewhere to sleep and you have found dinner. Meaning for the one who does not remember Allah upon entering the home and does not remember Allah upon eating his food. وَقَدْ دَلَّ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ ذِكْرَ الْمُسْلِمِ لِرَبِّهِ عِنْدَ دُخُولِهِ مَنْزِلَةِ وَعِنْدَ طَعَامِهِ وَشَرَابِهِ سَبَبُ حِفْظِهِ وَوِقَايَتِهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ The narration therefore indicates that if a Muslim remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he enters the home and when he eats or drinks, then that is a reason or a cause for his safeguarding and protection from the shaitan. He safeguards himself and protects himself from the shaitan if he remembers Allah upon entering his home and upon eating his food. إِذْ إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يَتْبَعُ الْمُسْلِمَ فِي أَحْوَالِهِ كُلِّهَا Because the shaitan follows the Muslim in all of his affairs. عند دخول البيت وعند الطعام والشراب وغير ذلك When entering the home and when eating and other than that فَإِذَا ذَكَرَ الْمُسْلِمُ رَبَّهُ خَنَصَ الشَّيْطَانُ وَأَيْأَسَ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يَقْرَبُهُ But if the Muslim remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the shaytan, when entering the home, when eating the food, when drinking, a Muslim remembers Allah at those times, says Bismillah at those times, then the shaytan loses hope in him. Uh, Shaytan then realizes he cannot get anything out of him and does not approach him. وَكَانَ فِي حُفْظٍ مِنْهُ وَمِنْ مَكْرِهِ وَكَيْدِهِ So then that Muslim is safeguarded from the plots and the plans of the shaitan. وَأَمَّا إِذَا غَفَلَ الْمُسْلِمُ عَنِ الذِّكْرِ فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يُلَازِمُهُ وَيُشَارِكُهُ فِي طَعَامِهِ وَشَرَابِهِ وَمَبِيتِهِ But if a Muslim is negligent, negligent and does not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the shaitan stays with him and eats from his food with him and drinks from the drink with him and sleeps, stays the night in the home with him. Wallahu ta'ala yaqul, وَمَنْ يَعَشُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ نُقَيِّدْ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِينَ that whomsoever is negligent of the remembrance of Allah, then we decree for him a shaitan who accompanies him in his affairs. يقارنه ويلازمه ويؤزه إلى المعاصي أزا. 
Meaning that the shaitan then accompanies that person, sticks with that person and continues to try and whisper and drag that person into sins. وَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ طَارِدٌ لِلشَّيْطَانِ حَافِظٌ لِلْإِنسَانِ And the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it repels the shaitan and safeguards the person. وَالذَّاكِرُ لِلَّهِ مَحْفُوظٌ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ بِحُفْظِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ And so the one who remembers Allah is safeguarded from the shaitan by Allah, by the safeguarding of Allah. بَلْ إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يَيْأَسُ مِنْهُ وَيُدْرِكَنَّهُ لَا سَبِيلَ لَهُ عَلَيْهِ in fact, the shaitan then realizes that there's nothing he can get out of this person and there's no way he can uh, 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 approach this person or be able to do anything to this person. وَلِهَذَا وَرَدَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ الْمُتَقَدِّمِ أَنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ عِنْدَمَا يَسْمَعُ الْإِنسَانَ يَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ عِنْدَ دُخُولِهِ مَنْزِلَهُ وَعِنْدَ طَعَامِهِ and that's why it's mentioned in this hadith that when the shaitan hears the person remembering Allah upon entering the home and upon uh, eating and drinking, then the shaitan says, There's nowhere to stay tonight and there is no supper. Meaning, shaitan says that to his army, to the other shayateen. That there's nowhere for you to stay here tonight and there is no food for you here tonight. Because that person is upon the remembrance of Allah in entering his home and when eating. فَيَيْأَسُ هُوَ وَأَعْوَانُهُ مِنْ مُشَارَكَةِ هَذَا الذَّاكِرِ لِلَّهِ فِي مَنْزِلِهِ وَطَعَامِهِ So then they lose hope. The shaitan and his followers, the shayateen, they lose hope in this individual in being able to get anything out of him, in being able to get into his home, in being able to eat with him, they lose hope in that then, when they see that he is upon the remembrance of Allah. وَأَمَّا الْغَافِلُ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَنْفَكُّ عَنْ هَذِهِ الْمُشَارَكَةِ وَلَا يَسْلَمْ مِنْهَا But as for the one who is negligent, then he does not break away from those shayateen, he is accompanied by them, and they stay with him, and they participate with him, they enter the home with him, and they eat with him. Al-Shaykh Abdul Rahman Al-Sa'di, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, he mentioned, ذَكَرَ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ الْمُفَسِّرِينَ أَنَّهُ يَدْخُلُ فِي مُشَارَكَةِ الشَّيْطَانِ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ تَرْكُ التَّسْمِيَةِ عِنْدَ الطَّعَامِ وَالشَّرَابِ وَالْجِمَاعِ وَأَنَّهُ إِذَا لَمْ يُسَمِّ اللَّهَ فِي ذَلِكَ شَارَكَ فِيهِ الشَّيْطَانُ كَمَا وَرَدَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ That many of the scholars have said, the scholars of tafsir, that the shaytan enters upon you and participates in your affairs with you, in your wealth, and in your children, the one who abandons the remembrance of Allah, for the one who abandons the remembrance of Allah, then the shaitan is with you, involved in your affairs. 
And that is the one who forgets and is negligent of the remembrance of Allah when eating, when drinking, and when having intercourse. As you know, the sunnah, it mentions that there is a remembrance to be said prior to intercourse even. And it's mentioned by some of the scholars that the one who does not make that remembrance prior to the intercourse, then that individual is also accompanied by the shaitan and the shaitan is with him in that affair. وَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ عند, and that's why some of the, the salaf or, or the scholars of the past, they said the one who doesn't do the remembrance when entering the home, the shaitan enters your home. The one who does not do the remembrance when eating, the shaitan is participating with you in your food. And the one who does not do the remembrance upon intercourse, the shaitan is there participating in that. And so it is important for the believer to remember, uh, to do the remembrance of Allah upon those affairs. وَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ عِنْدَ دُخُولِ الْمَنْزِلِ أَنْ يُسَلِّمَ سَوَاءً كَانَ الْمَنْزِلُ مَنْزِلَهُ أَوْ مَنْزِلَ غَيْرِهِ It is also recommended that a Muslim gives the salam when entering a home, whether it's your home or anybody else's home, to give the salam upon entering the home, uh, upon entering that, that house or that place, وَسَوَاءٍ كَانَ فِي أَحَدٌ أَمْ لَا And whether there is anybody in it or not, even if it's empty, to give salam when you enter. لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى Due to the statement of Allah in the Qur'an, فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُبَارَكَةً طَيِّبًا that when you enter the homes, then give salam upon yourselves. Ayah in the Qur'an. When you enter the homes, give salam upon yourselves as a greeting from Allah, a blessed and good greeting from Allah. So you are supposed to give the salam as you enter the home, whether it's your own home or somebody else's home, whether there's anybody in there or not. You are supposed to give the salam upon entering. Sheikh Abdul Rahman Sa'di Rahimahullah mentioned فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا نَكِرَ فِي سَيَاقِ الشَّرْقِ يَشْمَلُ بَيْتَ الْإِنسَانِ وَبَيْتَ غَيْرِهِ So the ayah in the Qur'an says when you enter a home that's the way the ayah mentions it when you enter a home and therefore the scholars they said the ayah left it open on purpose whether it's your home whether it's somebody else's home the ayah just says when you enter a home then give salam upon yourselves and the ayah similarly does not make it specific to whether there are people in the home or not so any home yours or others whether there are people in there or not then you give salam فَإِذَا دَخَلَهَا الْإِنسَانُ فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ So when you enter, give salam upon yourselves, meaning give salams to each other. لِأَنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ كَأَنَّهُمْ شَخْصٌ وَاحِدٌ مِنْ تَوَادِّهِمْ وَتَرَاحُمِهِمْ وَمِنْ تَوَادُّهُمْ وَتَرَاحُمِهِمْ وَتَعَاطُفِهِمْ فَالسَّلَامُ مَشْرُوعٌ لِدُخُولِهِ سَائِرَ الْبُيُوتِ مِنْ غَيْرِ فَرْقٍ بَيْنَ بَيْتٍ وَبَيْتٍ so giving the salam, it is something that brings about the love and the mercy and the, the compassion between the Muslims 
And so that is legislated when entering the homes, and there is no difference whether it is your home or some other home. And then Allah praised this act of salam, saying it is min A greeting from Allah that is blessed and good. A salamun biqawlikum, meaning when you say Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, or Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin, as you say in the prayer. If tadkhuluna albuyut, tahiyyatan min indillah, so when you enter the homes as a greeting from Allah, qad shara'aha lakum wa ja'alaha tahiyyatakum. Allah has legislated that for us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Legislated that upon us. And it is a blessed greeting. And it has within it barakah, blessing and mercy. And it is something good. It is a good statement. Tayyibatan. It is a good statement. Brings about goodness in saying it and love between the people. And in the prayer when you say that part in the tashahud, As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin, the salam be upon us and upon the righteous servants of Allah. That statement with that kind of phrase, As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin, that could be said when entering the home. That version of it like that in that phrase could be said when entering the home. Uh, especially when entering a home where there's nobody in there. Because then in that case, with that version of it, it's not like you're giving salam upon somebody you're talking to. That's a more general statement. The salam be upon us and upon the righteous servants of Allah. So you could say that in a home where there's nobody in there, so you're not directly talking to anyone. لَكِنَّهُ لَمْ يَثْبُتْ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم بِسَنَدٍ صَحِيحٍ the issue with this phrase though is that the Shaykh mentions here there is not an authentic narration proving it to say it with that phrase. Assalamu alaykum wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's clear. But using this phrase, the phrase of the uh, uh, the phrase of the prayer that you recite at the end, that is not established. أَنَّهُ يُسْتَحَبُّ إِذَا دَخَلَ بَيْتًا غَيْرَ مَسْكُونَ أَنْ يَقُولَ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْنَا وَعَلَى عِبَادِ اللَّهِ صَالِحِينَ So there is a narration that says it is recommended if you enter a home where nobody lives that you say السَّلَامُ عَلَيْنَا وَعَلَى عِبَادِ اللَّهِ صَالِحِينَ However, that narration, the Shaykh says, is not established. It is not authentic. Uh, and there is a narration mentioned from the statement of Abdullah ibn Umar. رضي الله عنهما قال إذا دخل البيت غير المسكون فليقول السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله صالحين روى البخاري في الأدب المفرد So there is a statement of Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله عنهما He said if you enter a house where no one lives or there's nobody there then you say السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله صالحين That is a statement mentioned from Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab That is in al-Adab al-Mufrad of Imam al-Bukhari and there are in fact other narrations from the Salaf that indicate that same thing. So there are some narrations highlighting you can say, As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. 
There just isn't a hadith from the Prophet about it. There are narrations from some of the Salaf, the companions, as you can see. وَقَوْلُ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ عِنْدَ دُخُولِ الْمَنْزِلِ فِيهِ بَرَكَ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ وَعَلَى أَهْلِ بَيْتِهِ So when you enter the home and you give the salam, there is within that baraka. There is a blessing within that for yourself, for your family members who reside in that home with you. وَفِي التِّرْمِذِي It is mentioned in Sunan al-Tirmidhi from Anas رضي الله عنه قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم He says the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said to me يا بني إذا دخلت على أهلك فسلم تكن بركة عليك وعلى أهل بيتك that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu in an authentic hadith, Hassan hadith, that oh my boy, because Anas ibn Malik was very young at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi he said oh my boy, when you enter upon your family, entering the home, give salam. Because it will be barakah upon you and upon your family in the home. So the messenger told Anas ibn Malik, when you enter, give salam upon your family. It is a barakah, a blessing upon you yourself and upon the family in the home. وَمَنْ سَلَّمَ إِذَا دَخَلَ بَيْتَهُ فَهُوَ ضَامِنٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى أَيْ صَاحِبُ ضَمَانٌ ففي سنن أبي داود عن أبي أمامة الباهلي عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ثلاثة كلهم ضامن على الله رجل خرج غازيا في سبيل الله فهو ضامن على الله حتى يتوفاه فيدخله الجنة أو يرده بما نال من أجر وغنيمة ورجل راح إلى المسجد فهو ضامن على الله تعالى حتى يتوفاه فيدخله الجنة أو يرده بمنال من أجر غنيمة ورجل دخل بيته بسلام فهو ضامن على الله عز وجل And it's mentioned that a person who gives the salam upon entering the home then he is under the, the guarantee of Allah he's under the protection of Allah just as it mentions in the hadith three people are uh, uh, under that, that guarantee from Allah they're under that protection from Allah. A man who goes out fighting in the path of Allah, then he is under that guardianship of Allah until he dies, and Allah then enters him into paradise, uh, or returns him or gives him from that great uh, 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 boot, the war booty and the bounty that he gathers. And a person who goes to the mosque, then he's under the guarantee of Allah until he dies and enters paradise or is entered into paradise, or that he returns with a great reward from having gone to the mosque. And a man who enters his home by saying the salam, then he is under the guarantee of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, under the protection of Allah. And Ibn Hibban, he mentioned, ثَلَاثَةٌ كُلُّهُمْ ضَامِنٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ Three types of people, all of them are under the guarantee of Allah. إِنْ عَاشَ رُزِقَ وَكُفِيَ If they live, they are 
they are given their blessings, their rizq, and they are given sufficiency. وَإِنْ مَا تَأَدْخَلَهُ اللَّهُ الْجَنَّةِ And when they die, Allah puts them in paradise. Who are they? مَنْ دَخَلَ بَيْتَهُ فَسَلَّمَ فَهُوَ ضَامِنٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ Whomsoever enters his home and gives salam, then he is under that guarantee from Allah. وَمَنْ خَرَجَ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ فَهُوَ ضَامِنٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ And whomsoever exits from the mosque, then he is under that guarantee from Allah. وَمَنْ خَرَجَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ ضَامِنٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ And the one who goes out in the path of Allah in jihad. ضَامِنٌ uh, He's under the guarantee of Allah, meaning he's under the guardianship of Allah. He's under the protection of Allah. He's under the care and protection and guardianship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَا أَجَلَّهَا مِنْ عَطِيَّةٍ وَمَا أَعْضَمَهُ مِنْ فَضْلٍ So how great, uh, 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 how great a thing that is to be given. How tremendous a virtue it is to be given. Meaning that you have been given the protection of Allah. You are under the safeguarding of Allah, under the protection of Allah. For the one who says the salam upon entering the home. So that is the small chapter regarding when entering the home. That a person when he enters, he should enter in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To say bismillah, to do the remembrance of Allah when entering. And to give the salam, whether there is anybody in the home or there is nobody in the home. To give the salam upon entering the home. And the one who does that, the narration then mentions, if he does it upon entering the home, then the shaitan says to his followers, the other shayateen, there is nowhere for you to sleep here tonight. And when he says it upon eating, then the shaitan says to his followers, his army, the shayateen, there is no supper for you tonight. There is no dinner for you tonight. But if a person enters and forgets to say the basmala, forgets to do the remembrance of Allah as he enters, then the shaitan says, you found somewhere to stay tonight, to his followers, the shayateen. And if he forgets to say that upon eating, the shaitan says, you found somewhere to stay, and you found dinner for the night. And as we mentioned in some of those narrations, even at the time of intercourse, there is a supplication to be made prior to it. And if a person forgets that, some of the salaf mentioned the shaitan is participant to you. He is a participant in your affairs, even in that if you forget to say the supplication prior to that uh, uh, intimacy. That brings us to the end of the chapter regarding entering the home. Uh, only a short lesson today then, and inshallah ta'ala, we'll uh, continue again next time, which will be regarding the supplications, the du'as for entering the bathroom. The supplications and du'as for entering the bathroom and also the supplications for making wudu. Those are the topics we'll begin with next time. Any questions on any of that so far then? Salaam Any questions on that section so far? The fasts from Ramadan, you mean? Yeah. yeah. 
most of the scholars they say it is permissible to fast Ashura uh, even if you still have days left to make up from Ramadan because we know that making up the days of Ramadan you are allowed to do it anytime all the way up until next Ramadan as long as you get them done before next Ramadan starts it's permissible there's even a narration Aisha radiallahu anha she mentioned that in one year or in some years she was making them up right into the last month before the next Ramadan like the whole year she didn't get a chance and she was making them up right at the end before Ramadan so it's permissible to make them up anytime so most of the scholars say it is allowed she can fast the day of Ashura or uh, Tasu'ah, the 9th and the 10th is the best to fast on the, this, this year, the Thursday and the Friday. That means Friday is the Ashura. But there's a hadith of the Messenger where he informed us to differ from the Jews because the Jews used to fast Ashura. When the Messenger went to Medina, he noticed when he made the Hijrah that the Jews were fasting. He asked them, why are you fasting today? They said, this is the day that Allah saved Musa salam from Pharaoh. The sea split and Pharaoh was killed. This is that day we're fasting for that reason. So the messenger said, we the Muslims are more deserving of Musa salam than you. So he told the Muslims to fast on that day. And then he said, if I live till next year, I will do the ninth day along with the Ashura. Ashura is the tenth day. The tenth of Muharram. We're in the Islamic month of Muharram now. Ashura means ten, Ashara. The tenth day. He said, if I live till next year, I will add the ninth day with it. To oppose the Jews to do the ninth and the tenth. So that would be this Thursday and Friday. That's the best. And there are some scholars who say you can do nine, ten and eleven. But those narrations are not uh, as authentic as the ninth and the tenth. So it's permissible to do it. To make that intention of Ashura and fast Ashura and then make up your Ramadan ones afterwards. People always say, but what if I just make my intention of making up Ramadan on the day of Ashura? Like kill two birds with one stone. You can make your intention of Ramadan. You can make your intention of fasting Ramadan. But that's the intention that you make then. It's not like you're making an intention for making up Ramadan and Ashura with it. Because Ashura is only a sunnah. Making up a Ramadan, that's an obligation. It's the obligation that takes priority. So if you want to make the intention of Ramadan, do it. And do it on the day of Ashura, that's okay. And inshallah ta'ala, inshallah you get some reward for Ashura as well. But if you want to keep it specific, you're fasting with the pure intention of Ashura. You can do it. And then afterwards you can make up the Ramadan ones as well. Hmm. Yeah, this is different over. There are two times of the day that you're not supposed to, well, altogether you could say there are five times or three times, depending on how you categorize it, where you're not supposed to pray, the, known as the forbidden times of prayer. What are the forbidden times of prayer? From the time when Fajr starts up until after sunrise. Because you're not allowed to pray any prayer other than the two sunnah of Fajr and the two Fard of Fajr. You're not supposed to pray any nafal outside of that in that time period. Middle of the day when the sun is at the peak, forbidden time. And after Asr up until sunset, forbidden time. You're not supposed to pray any other prayer after Asr up until Maghrib. So now if you go to the mosque before Maghrib, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before Maghrib, 
It's a forbidden time of prayer. You've already prayed your asr. Now you're not supposed to pray anything else until maghrib itself. Some of the, so there's two main opinions. Some scholars, they mention, because of the clear narrations about that, you're not supposed to pray. And even tahiyyatul masjid or anything, you don't pray it then. Even if you walk into the mosque, you don't pray it. But other scholars, they say that dhawatul asbab are permissible. Prayers that have a specific reason behind them are allowed. But general nafil prayers are not allowed. So tahiyyatul masjid is a prayer with a specific reason behind it. The messenger said, إِذَا دَخَلَ أَحَدُكُمْ الْمَسْجِدِ فَلَا يَجْلِسْ حَتَّى يُسَلِّيَ رَكَعَتَيْنِ When one of you enters the mosque, don't sit until you pray two raka'at. So that's a specific narration about that prayer. So because of that, some scholars say, if it's a specific prayer, specific reason, that's excluded. You can pray that. And they say the forbiddance is about generally praying, just generally sunnah prayers, generally nafal prayers, you're not supposed to do it. So there's a difference about that. Some of them, like Imam Shafi'i said, you can do it, it's a specific prayer. Hmm. Anybody else? Like in the six days of Shabbat, hmm. the same ruling on that as well? That you can uh, do the six days of Shabbat? No, that doesn't, because the, the Shawal ones, the hadith says, Man sama Ramadan thumma atba'ahu min shawal. The wording of the hadith specifically says, Whoever fasts Ramadan then follows it up with six days of Shawal. So that one is specific about fasting Ramadan first. If you've got days left to make up, then you haven't yet fasted the month of Ramadan. You've done part of it, you haven't done it yet. So many of the scholars, they say for that one specifically, because the hadith says, whoever has fasted Ramadan, meaning you finished it all, made up your days, whatever, then follows it up with six days of Shawwal, gets the reward of the year. So that one is a bit more specific. It should be done with making them up first, then the, the six days. Anybody else? Alright, we'll conclude upon that. Next weekend, there's no lesson. Next weekend, no class. The weekend after will be the next one then. August the 6th, I think it is. So in two weeks' time, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, keep up with the, the group, the whichever group you have, because Maghrib is going to be a lot earlier. We'll have to work out what we're doing with the times. So inshallah ta'ala, in two weeks' time.